Hello and welcome to another episode of Crash. This is episode 276, recorded on Thursday, the 18th of July 2019, at 2 minutes past 8 and 10 seconds in the evening. Yet again, it seems like it has been a long gap between shows, but it has only been a week. It seems longer than usual because this podcast has morphed into a two-episode-per-week show, and we haven't had that extra episode. I know that I'm a bit behind on the Doctor Who rewatch, and that's really because I've been busy with the horrendous amount of work that the garden needs, as well as, of course, mainly the novel. My downtime, I've been spending re-watching the Harry Potter movies. In fact, just before starting this episode tonight, that's what I was doing. I was watching Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. After the show, I'll take a break and watch The Half-Blood Prince. I'll edit this show tomorrow, spread things out a bit and so I don't get too overworked. Stick with me, though, when the show returns to its normal-ish schedule and we start talking about Doctor Who again, it will be worth the wait. In the meantime, please comment. Remember that though reviews are nice, comments and questions are the lifeblood of any podcast, and that includes mine, of course it does. That's it for now, and let's do the show, which this week is a great big catch-up of all that's geek. Enjoy the ride. Today has been another muggy day, if you're not from the UK. When we say muggy, we mean humid. It has been stickier and unpleasant today. It rained a little, but it wasn't cold. It was warm and clammy. Also today... I went to see the Doctor again, and I think I saw another locum about the same old problems, the holes in my head, not the... (laughs) sounds really ominous if you're new to listening to this podcast. I mean my sinuses and my ears and eyes. Went through the whole thing again. This has been going on for months and months. And the doctor I saw expected me to remember my many, many prescriptions. Of course I didn't, and so they re-prescribed something I already had. And then complained that they had too many notes to write up. That was my fault, because apparently I had too many symptoms for them to deal with. I heard recently that the current idiots in government were supposed to be tightening up on the locum racket in the UK. does appear to be a little bit of a money-spinning racket. I'm not sure if it's mostly for the benefit of locums, that is, temporary general practitioners, or it's more to the benefit of the agencies who organise their work schedule. No idea, but it is very unpleasant if you're a patient. 
Oh, and do you remember that thing I mentioned a while back in episode 272, which was about a month ago, about that thing that I had, an appointment thingy that was supposed to make my life a lot better? Well, I've just said that was a month ago and nothing has happened and I never heard back from them. So there's that. And I also have, I think, a cyst on my shoulder, which I can add to the skin tag that the stripped-down NHS don't treat anymore. So if you have either of those conditions, good luck. You're on your own. What I don't understand is why doesn't one of the mainstream political parties in the UK concentrate on reversing Brexit in the next election, and then perhaps fixing something big, like the NHS, in the election after that? Why don't they just try and accomplish one big important thing at a time, instead of pretending that you can fix them all, which you can't? Where was I? Look, we are in the pre-show section, so allow me some ranting. Okay, let's do the show, and let's start off with some culture. And the main thing I wanted to talk about this week was a TV show called Jet. This is a new TV show from Cinemax this year. I think it's on episode 5 or 6 at the moment, and it's about a character called Daisy Jet Kowalski, played by Carla Gugino. And yeah, hopefully most of you geeks out there would have got the Vanishing Point reference from 1971, where the hero in that movie is called Kowalski. I'm sure that is the reason that Jet Kowalski is so named. Cult reference, yeah. Anyway, back to Jet. She is a career criminal, just out of jail after serving a dime, which, (laughs) if my Canadian memory serves me well, is five years, I think? Five? Yeah. Her old boss wants her to do one last job. Yeah, it's one of those one last job tropes. In order to do this last job, she springs her ex and heads off to Cuba, where things go even further south. And by the way, it's difficult not to play up the 1940s Argo when writing about these topics. See what I mean, bright boy? See? Bright boy? See? I'm not sure I got that quote right either. What film was that from? Ah. And with that digression, back to Jet, another hazard of solo podcasting. You can veer off all over the place. And now I've veered off, talking about veering off, back to Jet. Where I think Jet slightly falls down is that Jet is a bit too cool for a character. She's just too many things. It's the Doctor Who problem all over again. She's a crack thief. She's an organiser, she's a leader, she's a jailhouse shiv ninja, she's a smoking hot femme fatale. And I really want to know why. Isn't it enough that she's a thief navigating a neo-noir pulp world? That should be enough for any storyline. 
It's as though they took V.I. Wojcicki and turned her into an underworld James Bond. A little like Modesty Blaze. On the other hand, where Modesty Blaze works in its own crazy and very campy universe, you'll know what I mean if you're a Modesty Blaze fan, Jet is supposedly rooted in reality. And I have to wonder if this is what happens when you cast your wife. Because the creator of Jet is married to the main star. That isn't to say that Carla Gugino is not a good actress. She really is. But I do wonder. And on to representation and diversity. We have a single mother lead who isn't particularly young. There are plenty of other interesting women and non-white characters as well. But, and there's a big but. The main black guy dies in the first episode. So balance what I previously said with that. And, oh yes, there is yet another comedy Indian. So, really, thanks for that, Sebastian Gutierrez. Thanks a lot. And after that mixed view of what I thought, is it actually any good? Yes. It's a rich neo-noir pulp blend with a foamy head of 1970s crime caper. I even at one stage saw a split screen and then there's also the credits for the show which are very, again, 1970s. It could be any of those TV shows from back then. Jet the show is also flashy, oozes sex and violence, doesn't pull any punches whatsoever. And the black clad weirdo in me also really does appreciate that Giancarlo Esposito plays a character called, I'm not kidding either, Charlie Baudelaire. It's nice also to see Gil Bellows from Ali McBeal basically playing Pete Postlethwaite's Kobayashi from The Usual Suspects. That iconic 1995 film. Minus the ridiculous accent. Ah, that's reminded me about ridiculous accents again. Seriously, people, can you stop making Indians the butt of every single joke ever? And that was back in 1995. And now it's 2019. It's a long time ago. Move on. And by moving on, I don't mean pick another race to mock. Just stop it. It's silly. It doesn't make any sense. Stop it. And, by the way, for you Americans, that's East Indians. And while I'm on the subject of ridiculous accents, this isn't the last time that I'm going to broach this topic this week, but let's start with me wondering what the hell kind of accent is Bruce Greenwood the guy who played Christopher Pike from the new Star Trek movies, is trying to pull off. I have no idea. Is it British? Is it Irish? Whatever it is, it is horrible. 
And finally, a matter of health and safety. If you're a man, manning a barbecue, please don't do that job naked unless you want to trip to accident and emergency. We were not built for naked barbecuing. Jet is available on Cinemax now. Let's move on to Legion, and we're in Season 3. And finally, we're getting more into the X-Men stuff of the comics. More to the point, we're seeing Legion's version of Professor Charles Xavier and his cool telepathic helmet link to Cerebro, the computer. And we also see Gabrielle, David's mother. Is it any easier to understand, though? It is still just as completely confusing, and if anything, it's getting even weirder. I have a feeling that this might be the last season as well. It's not that I've done any reading up or research. It just feels like it's run its course and they need to come to some sort of solid conclusion. So it just doesn't run on forever. But yeah, I'm enjoying Legion. Next, the boys. Superheroes are out of control, so a bunch of CIA-sponsored thugs, i.e. a death squad, are the solution to this upcoming Amazon series. The Boys isn't so bad as a comic, though it's a Garth Ennis thing, so it's that level of violence which slightly does turn me off and is one of the reasons this show probably won't be for me. The other reason? I'm sorry, it's accents again. Carl Urban's appalling London East End accent. There's even a panel where his accent is actually praised, and I've got to ask myself, what are they smoking? It's terrible. His accent is terrible. Carl Urban, who is not listening to me because I don't have that many listeners anyway, but I just want to say it on the slightest off chance. Mate, your EastEnder accent is atrocious. Don't believe what everyone's telling you. It's very, very bad. And it doesn't actually give me much joy to say that, because I like Carl Urban as an actor. I think his Dr. McCoy is absolutely brilliant. Actually, he's very good in almost everything he's in. Just his English accent stinks. And that's it for Culture This Week. Let's move on to technology. Have you seen the new look Twitter? I have today. Usually I log into Twitter on my phone, so I don't really notice the desktop version that often. But I did this time because I was preparing for the show and preparing to tweet out things for the show. And... Oh boy. Well, Jack Dorsey has given us big icons on the side to waste more space, larger fonts but apparently has done nothing to get rid of Nazis. What a surprise. 
Which moves us nicely on to Amazon Prime Day. And the Nazi thing goes for Jeff Bezos too, because if you've been following my podcast, you'll know I'm a little annoyed by Jeff. Because you can buy Nazi stuff on Amazon. I said I wouldn't let it get under my skin, and I really haven't. I haven't talked about it that much recently. But it's always good to take the opportunity and remind Jeff that it's really not on. Which is what I did to celebrate Prime Day this year. (sighs) First sigh of the podcast. And on to Huawei and their problems with Android. Well, I got an Android update for my phone. On July the 14th, I saw the notification for the EMUI 9.1, as well as the Android 9 Pi update from Huawei, saying that it was available for my phone. I have also read that apparently EMU 10 and Android 10, codename Q, will also be available later this year. Although Huawei are also banging on about their Hongmang operating system as well. But I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe we'll just be able to stick with Android and I won't have to move to Lineage OS because that sounds like a giant pain. Even though I'd like to do it, I just want to use my phone and forget about it because I haven't got time for that nonsense. Yeah, maybe this is something to do with Trump seemingly partially rolling back the embargo. Again, I didn't look too deeply into this. Anyway, earlier today I updated to Pi. Everything seems to be working. The new recorder and camera front end and the text selection magnification all look good. I haven't tested it fully, but I really do hope that these improvements have extended to speeding up the abysmal performance of the camera on my Huawei Honor 9 Lite. If you have that phone and can think of ways of speeding up the camera, please let me know. Still on the subject of phones and spy gun cases, there are a manufacturer of phone cases It is the case that envelops my current Honor 9 Lite. And while I can't vouch for all Spigen products, the one that is on my phone recently saved my phone after I dropped it from about a meter onto uneven hardcore, which is a mixture of cement, concrete, pebbles. It's very hard, very uneven, and guaranteed to smash anything that lands on it. The phone landed on a corner and bounced, but seems undamaged on the outside. I haven't noticed any other problems, so fingers crossed it's still okay. Next is a little shout-out to Dr. Matt Studley and some of the UWE Bristol Cyrock team who were kind enough to talk to me on the 6th of July about their very, very expensive Tiago robot loaned from PAL Robotics. The robot 
is their entry into this competition, the Smart City Robotic Challenge, awkwardly turned into the acronym CYROC, although I'm hardly one to talk about awkward acronyms. And yes, this robot is their entry into the competition. It is programmed with ROS, an open source system that originated in the now defunct Willow Garage Lab. They were there to promote this competition, which will be held in the centre, Milton Keynes, UK, from the 16th of September to the 22nd of September this year. It's a free event, so if you're into robotics and you're not far from the area, drop in. I'll probably be there. Though it is very close to my birthday. Next, while we're on tech, I have two TV programs I wanted to mention. The first of which is quite a long title. They both are, actually. But this one is Mad Cow Disease, The Great British Beef Scandal. This is a documentary from this year and is just perfect if you want to get enraged, particularly by the former Conservative Minister of Agriculture, Fisheries and Food, John Gummer, who, after this documentary, you'll wonder why he isn't doing time. It's also good to watch if you want to frighten yourself silly. Yeah, the program is about mad cow disease that rocked the UK. Not that long ago, actually. Late 80s, early 90s. And it is the reason many of us in the UK are not allowed to donate blood in other countries, as I actually found out personally when I was living in Canada. Watch the documentary. It's an eye-opener. And that is Mad Cow Disease, The Great British Beef Scandal. John Gummer, you should be ashamed. The next TV programme is another one from the BBC. It is part of the Horizon series, and it's called The Honest Supermarket, What's Really in Our Food. It's hosted by the delightful Hannah Fry and another presenter whose name currently escapes me. Sorry about that. And is only slightly less enraging than the previous documentary. But still pretty well disgusting. And it is a science program looking at what is actually in the food we buy and eat from the supermarket what's in it, and whether it is fit to eat. All I have to say is Google, something that I'm going to mangle now, but I'll say it slowly, Lernacera brachialis, or the codworm. Let's just say I haven't been able to eat fish since. And that's Horizon, the honest supermarket, what's really in our food. Let's now ease our way into the creative section with something that I started last time. Was it the time before that? No, no, no. This was also in episode 272 when I reviewed the caramel brand 
cheap baritone ukulele. Consider this part two of the review. I originally reviewed the ukulele without plugging it in. I have done that since, and it sounds good. When it works. Oh dear. The preamp has a mind of its own and sometimes doesn't work, which means no sound. Yes, the pickup won't work passively without the preamp. So you're right up the creek. I had to stick a cheap cherub pickup on the headstock, which defeats the whole point of buying an electro-acoustic instrument. So it's a dud. I contacted Caramel, and they asked me whether I wanted to try a new tuner preamp combo. Okay, I know my way around an instrument, so I'm not afraid to take a screwdriver to it, so I said yes. Unfortunately, if you are not that confident with fiddling around with your instrument, this is really a useless solution. I don't know why it couldn't have left the factory properly tested. And like I said in 272, the tuners are a bit naff as well, so I'm not very happy with Caramel, but I will let you know what happens when I do a preamp transplant. Yeah, so just watch out for a future update. Let's move on to something really creative creative, actually talking about my novel and photoshopping my novel's cover. The book cover is done. I have an ancient Egyptian themed shot of London because there are lots of things from other countries that have somehow managed to work their way into London. Hmm, wonder how that happened. But yeah, having these things around makes it handy for me because I can take photos of them and use them for my book cover. And there's also a few embellishments to that that I did in Photoshop. Hopefully it will convey the idea of a London adventure. The one problem I have with this, the one little fly in the ointment, is that I do keep looking at other books of a similar vein in the bookshop to get ideas for cover designs and that kind of thing, and they all tend to have a simpler, bolder cover. I'm still working on the cover, even though I have one that I could use, because I'm not quite happy. It needs to convey that sense of drama and adventure in London and geekiness, and I don't think it quite does that yet which would be a disservice to my book. I'm, yeah, doing that in parallel with the final edit and formatting of the Kindle ebook. Again, expect updates. It's exciting, and I can't wait for this to get out there and for people to read it. You will enjoy it. The book is called The Horus Box. You might have heard that before if you listen to this podcast. I've actually been shopping it to agents for two years with no luck. And now when I sent it to at least 50 London agents and no one's really interested, I've decided to put it out as a Kindle ebook. If you're into the Goonies, if you're into geekdom in general, particularly London-centric geekdom, this is the book for you. And that's actually it. We're 
now in the after show section. Sorry for that halting delivery, but I'm a bit tired. And yeah, I know, that was the second sigh of the show. But only two in one show. I'm doing better. What do I have to say? Well, not much really, but there is one thing that caught my eye actually months and months ago, but I never mentioned it on the podcast because, frankly, there were more important things to talk about. But I thought I'd just say it today. Remember when they swapped the colour of salt and vinegar crisps and cheese and onion crisp packets? Originally, throughout my whole life, salt and vinegar packets have been blue and cheese and onion crisps packets have been green. And crisps, for you Americans, chips, potato chips. Though I'm sure by now, with all the UK TV that you get, you probably know what I'm talking about. I do wonder what marketing genius came up with that. And I do hope that they were fired. Anyway, it occurred to me the other day, again, (laughs) that the colours have reverted back to their original blue for salt and vinegar and green for cheese and onion. When did that exactly happen? I know it's been a while, but I'm not sure. Have I fallen through some weird crack in the matrix to a parallel universe? I don't know. But talking about this does seem a less angry way to end the podcast. This show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. You were listening to Crash, the UK Geek Show, episode 276, recorded on... Thursday, the 18th of July, 2019, and the time at the end of the show is 20.39.50. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!